Hey, man. Welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. Nicholas Villars here, a.k.a. Super Divorce. This is Supercast episode number 105. And um, I know it's been uh, a little bit of time since my last episode was uploaded to the internet. I was attempting to stay on a two-episode-per-week schedule and then... My YouTube channel got demonetized, and I had to deal with that, and it really kind of, um, it presented some problems as far as content creation goes, as far as the idea of this podcast goes. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing moving forward, so I kind of put the thing on pause and held off just a, a bit of time until I sorted that out and... Long story short, I made my appeal to YouTube. I got my channel re-monetized. We're all good to go. I can continue doing the no commentary gameplay videos that I had uh, been doing for some months now, going back to basically September of 2021 is when I really started doing those no commentary videos um, on the reg, as people say. And it was looking like for a moment, I might not be able to do that anymore. And so that's what I was dealing with. Also on top of that, I have really taken some steps forward in the uh, realm of content creation outside of YouTube, getting some Super Divorce music going again, and getting the upcoming Super Divorce comic book back on track Uh, I've been uh, planning that for well has to be close to two years now undergone a lot of changes creatively different ideas but I finally finally have an idea that we're rolling with and I have begun the process of a rough version of the first issue and I will let you know more about that as we inch closer to it being completed but the big news of the day is youtube channel is back in business i uploaded my first gameplay video today in close to a month that's how long that's how long it took to get this monetization issue figured out and uh well why didn't you just play games anyway Why, why is it all about the money well it's not it's not just about the money but the money is a part of it let me tell you that because When my channel got monetized, it started doing well enough to where, you know, the uh, the check from Google every month, the YouTube check was actually helping out in a fairly significant way as far as expenses around the house go, monthly bills, if you will, and all that kind of shit. And when that was just kind of plucked away one day, randomly back in February... Uh, it was an inconvenience and I wanted to get that shit sorted out, straightened out, figured out what, trying to figure out what I was going to do if I couldn't do gameplay videos anymore, if that was not going to be the path forward because YouTube was not going to allow me to do it, then I needed to figure out some way to utilize the YouTube channel that I had built up to nearly 15,000 subs over the course of maybe the past, um, I've been working on YouTube now for uh, 
<sighs> half a decade anyway trying this trying that trying out various uh, approaches and formats and types of videos the no commentary gameplay videos really started doing well to the point where it's like yeah this is uh we're getting into like job territory it's really taken off so to have that ripped away unceremoniously was a little unnerving and I needed to sort that out and I did thankfully so we're going to get the uh the gameplay videos going again the podcast going again rocking and rolling on the comic rocking and rolling on um on new super divorce music which I hoped to uh market and sell to you listeners over time I will be shilling my products without shame without shame I need to shill much more than I have ever done in my life there's a disturbing lack of shilling when I look back on the past several years because I always want to focus more on the external stuff outside of super super divorce you know focus on the games that I'm playing focus on the comics I'm reading focus on other music I'm listening to it's always I seem to have this thing of focusing on all the other shit except for what I have going on and that needs to be an integral part of the online presence of super divorce if super divorce is to work which I want it to very much put a lot of work into it put a lot of effort into it and kept it going and um I'll be honest, there have been some times when I wanted to throw the towel in and say, you know what? Super Divorce is done. Let's start over with something else. And then I would uh, give it some time, and I'd always come to the conclusion that, you know, I've put all this, uh, I put all this damn time and energy into this thing. It'll be a really cool story one day when things blow up and we're riding high and rolling on 20s and i'll be able to look back and say look at all the shit that didn't work and i kept going and super divorce won the day and we will win the day and we're going to win the day on many fronts one of those fronts is this podcast and today what i'd like to talk about to just jump right back into what we were doing before not deviate too much from that initially we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want to over time but right now i would like to tell you about the game i played today Uh, you can check that out on the super divorce youtube channel if you haven't done so yet is uh not the most recent upload because that would be this one if you're watching on youtube you might also be listening on spotify or itunes or wherever wherever the hell you stream your shit doesn't matter where you are Um, but if you're on youtube if you go to the super divorce youtube channel at youtube.com slash super divorce go to the videos section and you'll see a game called office elevator and that one took me about just under a half hour to get through earlier today in a blind playthrough died several times 
What do you do in that game? Well, in this game, in this uh, sort of throwback graphics uh, presentation, I would say I would date it to about the PS1 era. That's the way it kind of looks. You uh, you start off in an office. Lots of office workers milling about. You can go up and talk to. I Most of them just say one sentence. Most of them are telling you to go away or they're busy. Or some people say, oh, no, about you don't know what. Um, then you go to your boss's office and he wants you to go down to the... He wants you to take the elevator down to the parking garage and retrieve a box, bring it back up and leave it on the desk in the HR department. So you go down, you uh, retrieve the box. When you come back up the elevator, all of the lights are off in your office building and there's a creepy, a creepy stalking monster with a big like lamp head like a like a work lamp or a work light i don't know the technical name it's like a a big uh construction light you know something you might find at home depot that's like what its head looks looks like it's uh just a big shining bright light up there instead of a face kind of like when old greg pulls his skirt up the big light that beams out and uh, the thing's body is kind of lanky and bony looking. Just a skin and bones type of fella. And, uh, you know, you got to go and do a little bit of this and that. You, you know, find key cards. Restore power so you can get the key card to work on the doors. You know, open lock boxes, that kind of shit. And um, it takes about, uh, I would say if I didn't die, it might have taken me... 15 minutes to get through but because i died multiple times and had to do some backtracking uh it took me just under a half hour so you know uh someone in what was it in the comments or the reviews on steam that's where you can download this one office elevator is on steam uh someone in the the review section there i believe they referred to the bad guy, the big monster in this game, is like uh, Siren Head's cousin. That might be a good way of thinking of it. Not as tall as Siren Head because this guy's walking around in an office building and you're trying to avoid him, a la Neo in the Matrix. That type of shit. Office hijinks. When you go back into the office building, all your coworkers are gone, by the way. Should I give you a spoiler of what happens at the end? Uh, if you don't want to know what happens, then maybe skip ahead about five minutes. But I'll spoil it here. I'm going to tell you what happens at the end of Office Elevator. You go, you get all the key cards, you get all the damn codes you need. You go into your boss's office, the guy who sent you down to the parking garage in the damn first place. You go into his office and... Uh, you can get yourself a gun. And then you go back out in the hall and old lightheads coming at you. You got to shoot them up several times with your your gun that you got. And then everything goes white. 
everything goes white the screen goes white it was a big flash and when you come to you see that all the lights are on again in the office building and your boss is lying dead in front of you so either either he was lighthead disguised as a human or you hallucinated and you accidentally killed your boss twist ending a Shyamalan ending now I uh, I wonder if perhaps there might have been like a hallucinogen in the box that your boss sent you down into the parking garage to get I don't know why he would do that maybe he wanted you to kill him that could be it maybe there's going to be more to the story maybe a sequel will flesh this out and explain more to us but uh, that's what happens in Office Elevator uh, what do I think of it maybe a 6 out of 10 if I were grading it that way wasn't great wasn't awful it was just kind of like oh okay it's passable better than average i guess right if you're really using the scale you're the way you're supposed to a one through ten scale feel like no one uses that correctly it's kind of become this thing where when it comes to video games anyhow people look at uh a below eight rating as don't waste your time it's awful I think that a five should be like mediocre. It's mediocre. This is a mediocre game. A six is over halfway good. So there were things about this that pushed it over halfway good for me. The art style. I like that throwback shit. Kind of a sucker for it. Even though there's like a million games coming out now that take advantage of that. Uh, I don't seem to tire of it. And, uh, you know, the monster looks pretty neat. You can't see him very well in the game is the only disappointing thing. Um, you have to kind of catch him in your flashlight just so if you want to get even a glimpse. Otherwise, it's really difficult to, you know, uh, to see as far as, like, his appearance goes. You can see him coming because he has, obviously, a big light emanating from his head. His light or his head basically is a light. So you can see him coming at you. You can see him walking around the office. But you can't see his form very well unless he turns a corner and you shine your flashlight at him. But then he's going to come after you and he's going to probably kill you. Because getting away from him is pretty difficult. You uh, have a limited amount of time that you can use your sprint button. And once you've used that up, you're, you're basically screwed. He's uh, a quick runner, and he will track you down, and it doesn't seem very easy to shake him. So, you know, uh, buyer beware on that front. If you don't like that type of thing, then you're not going to like this game. you got to play it stealth for the most part. Uh, so... What was I what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something else about this damn thing, about this office elevator. 
I don't know. Oh, yeah, I was talking about the score, right? I gave it a 6 out of 10. So, above mediocre. Worth a playthrough. It's worth a playthrough. Especially for the price. It was very cheap. You know, maybe like $4, something like that. I, it's, it's cliche, but people say, eh, it's a cup of coffee. Not my cup of coffee. I just get like a black coffee when I go to uh, purchase coffee for myself. I don't do the fancy shit. I don't get the lattes and the the cafe olays and the fucking the fucking ones that are all sugary. I don't do that. I just like a nice black coffee. But I'm taking a break from coffee right now. Uh, I've been pretty hardcore on my carnivore diet as of late. And um was suffering pretty bad keto flu for several weeks. I mean, it hit me pretty hard this time. I've done it before, and it's a tough thing to get through. Let me tell you that how about. If you're looking for some keto testimonial or carnivore testimonial, if you're considering either one of those diets, let me tell you this. If you're anything like me, there will be a period of perhaps uh, two weeks. Some people I've read struggle for like a month with just exhaustion. Um, But I think the average is maybe a week to two weeks. Your body starts craving those carbs. It wants the carbs and the snacks and the Cheetos and the cereals and all this kind of shit. Stuff you shouldn't have. And I was already tired and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a little break from caffeine as well while I'm getting adjusted to this diet. And on top of that, I started working out fairly hardcore again, getting back in like full workout mode while all this is going on, which makes your exhaustion even worse. So, I mean, I was struggling to keep my eyes open uh, by midday on, uh, you know, the worst part of this uh, readjustment period. But I seem to have passed through the worst part of the storm, and I'm uh, feeling pretty good now. You start feeling really good. Once you get through that. All this to say, if you decide to try keto or you decide to try a carnivore diet, don't assume because you feel like shit that it's not for you. There's going to be a period of adjustment. Your body's detoxifying. Your body's going to be going through cravings for sugars and for carbs. And you're going to have to push through that shit and say, I don't care. I'm going to get up and work anyway. I'm going to get up and work out anyway. I'm going to make it through. I know that this is a trick and it is a weakness trying to trap me in this cycle of shit. So you have to push through that. Get yourself to the other side. Get to the finish line and you'll be good to go. You'll be feeling great about yourself, about your willpower, about the way you feel, the way you act. I mean, we had... uh, my son's birthday this past weekend. Three nights of great wrestling. You know, Friday night, 
Ring of Honor, and then Saturday and Sunday, two nights of WrestleMania. Two nights of WrestleMania. And so there were snacks around all weekend because you had kids over for the birthday party, and they're all running around eating candy and pizza and all this shit, pop, soda. Uh, I did have, like, a very small piece of ice cream cake on Saturday night. And I don't know if it was the cake that did it, but I felt like I almost had a hangover on Sunday morning, and it took a while for the uh, headache to subside. But I hadn't really eaten any sugar for, jeez, uh, has to be over a month now. Getting, um, I think, just that little piece of cake like blasted my body with sugar in a way that uh, really rocked it to the core. You know, you're, uh, it's different than having like a piece of fruit, you know. The amount of sugar crammed into a, a slice of ice cream cake, Oreo ice cream cake. It was good, but I'm glad that I didn't eat like several slices or huge slices. Just a little bit was enough. Get a little taste you know, but I was not snacking on chips. I was not eating pizza. I didn't eat a damn slice of pizza the whole weekend. It was tempting, but I didn't do it. It was tempting, but it wasn't too tempting because the way that I feel right now is fantastic. And, uh, I've, you know, I've kind of done this before. I've done strict carnivore previously. Uh, I've done keto previously, got off of it really when, um, I would say when uh, my family moved last year, moving is always a big shake up, you know, it's always, um, it's always a good excuse to stop working out, to stop being good about your diet, uh, it's, a, it's a way you can justify being bullshit to yourself, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I recommend moving if you want to. That's always nice. But don't don't fall victim to your own horseshit justifications for being undisciplined in the things you know you want to be disciplined in. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So um, back on the horse here, back in the saddle again, doing what I can, feeling good, feeling energized, like I'm ready to write some music. Like I'm ready to make a comic book. I mentioned this a little bit. Oh, I don't know. Episode 102, maybe, is when I uh, talked about this on the Welcome Back episode. The first one I had done in like three years or so. Um, talked a little bit about the comic book plans and what I'm going to be doing. And I'm going to keep updating. This will be a good source of information on the upcoming Super Divorce comic book. I don't believe I'm going to do an Indiegogo campaign for it. I'm thinking it's going to be uh, handled some other ways. People have been having some issues with Indiegogo that I would like to avoid. And I just don't know if uh, if I'm... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I would like to avoid Indiegogo if I can. I'm thinking of, you know, 
creating and producing a limited number of the first issue and then putting those up for sale, moving on to the second one. I'm going to do one a month. That might seem overly ambitious, but not for the not for what I'm doing. These are going to be mini comics. Do you see? You know the comic books that come with like action figures. I'm directly referencing the Masters of the Universe comic books that come with uh, the Origins figures, the re-releases they're doing right now. It's going to be about that size, and uh, we're going to do one a month, and it's going to be set within the same setting, uh, same, at least the same main character. It'll be a new story featuring the same main character month after damn month, and we're going to do... 12 of those at the end of the 12 issues then we're going to put them all together in a full-size comic book and i will perhaps do an indiegogo campaign for that but the uh the individual monthly issues the mini comics those i i would like to find a different way a way other than utilizing indiegogo to make that happen um because they're also going to be uh, they're also going to be uh, available with a CD or cassette tape with a new Super Divorce track, one every month, like a single, a CD single or a CD cassette tape. You'll be able to get with your Super Divorce comic. Strawberry Blonde is the name of the comic book. If you are not following me on Twitter, maybe that's news to you. If you are following me on Twitter and you see on my little uh, my uh, little Twitter handle there, it says Super Divorce is creating Strawberry Blonde. That's what I'm talking about. That's the name of the book, and uh, I'll tell you more about the story uh, eventually. We don't need to spill all the beans right now, but those are some of the beans, and I look forward to sharing that with you guys. Hopefully next month that's when i'm shooting for the first issue to be available does that shock you it shocks me because i've been trying to get this done for years now the idea started off much differently it was going to be a different story the story has evolved there are some elements of the original story i came up with that are still here but uh, a very different book than what I initially thought I was going to be creating. Strawberry Blonde will be much different from uh, the original story I was going to create called Lethal Ass Kicker. I don't know if I'm going to do anything with that one. Maybe I will at some point in the future, but not right now. Uh, Strawberry Blonde is the name of the comic book. And, uh, yeah, hope to have the first wave of those available next month with a brand new super super divorce song that i'm working on right now i am actively working on these things it's not it's no longer in the realm of me postulating hypothesizing thinking up ideas trying to figure out what i'm going to do the comic book idea is pinned down that's all good to go i need to figure out exactly um 
you know how the uh, how the layout of the panels and all that stuff's going to go. But the story is there. The number of panels that I want is there. Um, a couple pages are laid out. So there's actual work being done. It's like in the process of being completed instead of just being in that preliminary phase where you're like, well, I wonder what kind of story I want to do. I wonder how many characters I'm going to have in it. I wonder how long it's going to be. None of that stuff's up in the air anymore. That's all been taken care of. And then with the song to accompany the first issue of Strawberry Blonde, that's being worked on. I have the file in Ableton being worked on now. A couple guitar parts recorded that I'm tinkering with still. But I have a general feel and vibe for how I want that track to go. I mean, things are moving forward. It's good. It's good to go. And like I said, the YouTube channel, we got the uh, gameplay videos going back up. Getting those rocking and rolling again. Um, speaking of gameplay, if I can jump back over to that for a second... There's another video that I recorded. I don't know I'm going to yeah, I don't know if I'm going to post it or not. I might. But I played another game today that um if I do post it, it will be under the uh playlist for videos I like to call can't deal with it. Can't deal with it gameplays where you're playing, you hit a point and then you just have to turn off. And I don't do this for games that are just too hard. That's usually not the reason why. Uh, I will do it if a game is bullshit, meaning they programmed it incorrectly. Uh, if the map is like breaking, if your your character is falling through the map, um, if you reach a point in the game that you can't pass because of the way the game was created. That's what happened with, with this other one I played today, which was, um, yeah, boy, what was the name of it? I can't even recall the name now. I should have, uh, I should have taken a note of the game's title, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. And, um, all you need to know is that I reached part in the game where uh, you you go from sort of one segment to another and when you wake up in this other segment it's pitch black and you can walk you can hear footsteps you can hear tippy steps as you're moving around but there's absolutely no light there's no source of light it's just a black screen a completely black screen and I, I tried moving about for, I had to have given it at least three minutes of just walking forward, walking to the side, walking backwards, rinse, repeat over and over again. And I didn't get like any cue that I was heading in the right direction. I heard a cry at one point and then I tried like strategically moving in the direction of it, but it didn't seem like there was any rhyme or reason to it it was like I heard the cry and I was like okay it sounded like it was coming from the left let me try moving to the left and I just didn't hear it anymore you know 
I, I couldn't find where the cry was coming from. It wasn't like a continuous thing. Cause I've I've been um I've been in that situation before. I've played some games where they will give you that that auditory cue. You'll hear something you have to try and move towards, and that'll direct you um you know where you're supposed to be going. This game did not do that. This game just threw in kind of a random cry sound the best I could uh figure. And you're just left to wander around in the complete darkness with no knowledge of uh, where you're moving towards, no sound effects other than the tapping the tippy steps of your feet. And I did that for like three minutes. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to sit here and wander and just press WASD staring at my computer monitor that might as well have been turned off because it was literally black. You know, you can give, uh, I don't know, some sort of indication that, that the game is like still running correctly. Maybe when you go up against a wall allow the the player to see you know some very dimly lit bricks or something in front of them just to let them know yes you're still in the game the game's working properly you're just not going the right direction uh in this game there was no indication as to whether or not i was walking into a wall in place or if i was actually moving somewhere if I was in an, a wide open space, there was no way to know. So I turned off on that one. I said, can't deal with it. I turned it off and I was going to upload that into the can't deal with it section. But I don't know if I'm going to because the rest of the game leading up to that was so boring anyway. I don't think anyone wants to sit through it. It was just one of those horse shit games that uh, I don't think anyone's going to get any enjoyment out of it. So, uh, yeah. But I'm glad that I played Office Elevator. That was a that was a decent one. Decent, a decent six out of ten. Mediocre would be five. Decent six. That's how the number scale should be used in my opinion, but all these damn game publications, they've gotten so lazy. So, so lazy. Eight, nine, ten. Oh, great. You got to go out and play them. If it's a seven, people start like turning their nose up. Oh God, it's probably awful then. Oh, a seven. Who plays a seven? No one wants to play a seven. If they wanted me to play it, they would have at least given it an eight. I had another thought on game reviews the other day. I got my new Game Informer in the mail. And um, maybe I said this before, but I just got another one and I had the same thought. So if I'm repeating myself, uh, 
then just know that this is to be taken very seriously, what I'm saying right now. I'm not apologizing. This is just, it's, it's further proof that this is a real problem. It's something to consider. When you look at a publication like Game Informer, one of the only print gaming magazines left in wide distribution, um, you flip to the back. I always like to go to the back first. That's what I typically would do. I want to go to the back, see what the game of the month is, check that out, see what all the other games that uh, got reviewed look like and see the scores. Sometimes read what the journalist had to say if I was interested in the game at all. But since I started doing these no commentary playthroughs, notice when I open up my game informer and I go to the back and I look at the review section, a lot of times you get these drought months where not much as far as like AAA titles came out. And it'll just be like maybe three pages of reviews and Bob's your uncle and the magazine's over with and that's it. They refu- you know, you get a review of like the big AAA title and then uh, a small handful of games that, <clears throat> I don't know, are usually somewhat well-known. But since I started doing these no commentary playthroughs, I realized there are games coming out constantly. And if these big publications really gave a shit, like every month would be, the review section would be jam-packed, full of games that people have never heard of. That, uh, you know, that, that not only deserve to be seen, deserve to be played but they could also boost the cred of the magazine the publication itself because right now as it stands it's like if you're not a triple a or a triple a adjacent we might say type of video game then uh, you're not going to get covered and i wonder if that's laziness or if it's like uh the result of a pay-to-play scheme I hadn't really thought about that until I started doing these reviews. Now, I, I know that games, a lot of times, they'll pay for ad space in a magazine. But this has me wondering, is every game that gets reviewed by Game Informer um, a game where the developer paid Game Informer to review the game? Because um uh, seems like it should be done as... A service to the consumer and to the reader regardless of whether or not the game's developers wanted the game reviewed by this or that publication if you are a respectable and thorough gaming publication I feel like you would want to seek out the best games that were released in a given month and let your readers know about them regardless of whether or not the game was a AAA title or something that came from itch.io or a free game on Steam or a free game on Epic Game Store or somewhere else on the internet. But you don't really see that. It's like the most generic list of games every month 
And if it's not a good month for AAA releases, then it's like a couple, three pages of reviews, and that's that. It seems like a joke to me. I can't hardly take a publication like Game Informer seriously anymore. Not that I took them super seriously anyway. But it's even worse once you have this realization where you're like, they're not they're not really journalists. They're not doing much legwork here. They're only talking about the games everyone else is already talking about. How many people discover new, uh, obscure, fun games because they learned about them in Game Informer. Not many. And it's not a hipster thing when I say obscure. I'm talking about, like, it's not that I want them to um, to flaunt that aspect of, of any of these games that are a little, you know, hidden gem territory, but uh, I just think that... Uh, if you if you care about your readers if you care about the games industry there should never be a month where a reader opens up a gaming publication and is disappointed because there are only 5 reviews that month every month can be a complete extravaganza and there might be a month where the majority of the games that came out were shit but it could still be enjoyable, entertaining content, entertaining articles written about these games in the reviews. Um, they don't have to all be great. They don't have to be uh, AAA. They don't have to be chart toppers. They can be games that have sold a couple hundred copies, maybe less few thousand but imagine that'd be a different world wouldn't it if every month people were picking up their game informer flipping to the back to see what new games they probably missed out on because maybe they don't get on itch.io every day maybe they don't get on steam and look at the new releases all the time but they leave that to the journalists they leave it to the pros and the pros do their damn job and they say, you know what? Uh, we're going to let the people know what what's out there, what's worth playing at the very least. What's worth experiencing. Something for them to think about. But will they? Probably not. They don't even like people getting the physical copy of the magazine anymore. If you go to renew your power-up card, which I think is basically the... I don't know if it's exclusive. I don't know if you have to have a power-up card to get Game Informer now. But I never see it like in stores. It's not like you walk into Kroger and go over to the newsstand section and you can find Game Informer. At one point you could, but I've not seen Game Informer in a store that's not GameStop for years doesn't mean that there aren't stores that carry it i don't know but um if you go into GameStop and you're trying to renew your magazine subscription with your power-up card 
If you don't tell them that you want the physical copy, they will automatically default it to the digital, which is horse shit. And I make it a point to let them know every time I have to re-up on that card, physical magazine, please. Because that's basically what I'm paying for. Because I still like my physical mags. Even if they're uh, horse shit a lot of times. I still like flipping through them. I like seeing the pictures on the page, on the printed page, leafing through in a leisurely moment. Possibly while taking a nice shit. Still like doing that. I think it's better than scrolling, which is why I go with the physical copy over the digital. I don't think there is... Like, I hate that entire concept, to be honest. The digital magazine... It's just, it's like a website. Really. Because um, I've seen it. I've seen it at work. I used to work at GameStop. You know, I tried it out when they first uh, released the digital Game Informer. And I was like, this is just like going to GameInformer.com. There are links you can click on. You know, the navigation is like navigating on a website. It's like, it's, this isn't a magazine. This is just surfing the web. I'm just surfing the web. I'm not reading a magazine. If I want to read a magazine, I want a physical paper book in my hand where I can turn page after damn page where I can where I can zoom in by holding it up to my eyes instead of doing the pinch and zoom feature and then losing the rest of the damn page outside of whatever device I'm looking at it on. No, I like to be able to pick up my magazine have it in mine hands and enjoy it thusly instead of using a website disguised as a magazine. Horse shit. Don't fall for it. Don't let them get away with that. Don't let them take away all of your physical magazines, all your physical things. You know, it's just another foot Stepping in the direction of that horse shit, great reset bullshit, that fuck, what's his name, Schwab, Klaus Schwab, what did his group say, the World Economic Forum, by 2030 you will own nothing and you'll be happier than you've ever been, well... Well, maybe I'll uh, put a boot in your ass. And that'll make me happier than I've ever been, in fact. Maybe I'll just hold on to my things and be happier than I've ever been. And continue owning things and be happier than I've ever been. I'll be happier than you. How about that, Klaus? Anyway. Um... <clears throat> So I think that's going to just about wrap things up for us for today, folks. Hope that uh, you have a fantastic week. Got the week ahead here. Going to play some games. I'll be back on Saturday to let you know how the games from this week went for me. Which ones are worth checking out. And uh, also let you know how the progress is going on the strawberry blonde issue one as well as the accompanying super divorce track oh here's something else before i go 
you know how I mentioned that the 12 miniature issues will be combined into one full-size comic book at the end of the year. Well, I'm also going to do that with the single tracks that are going to be coming out with the uh, the monthly comics. I've always hated doing EPs. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I like full-length albums. And we're going to get there. We're going to get to the next Super Divorce full-length album via a series of singles that are going to be bundled with the monthly Strawberry Blonde comic. At the end of the 12 months, the end of the year, then that's when we will combine all of those singles into the next Super Divorce album. And that will be made available on CD, cassette tape, and final record. So please look forward to that, chefs. And, um, yeah, uh, anything else? Really enjoyed WrestleMania this weekend, by the way. The most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history really was. It was a fantastic two nights of wrestling, sports entertainment, really bang-up job. One of the best manias I've seen in a long time. They delivered especially with uh, all the skepticism around the card. I'm not going to do a full breakdown, but if you were uh, you know if you're kind of on the fence about wrestling, these past two nights would be a great a great place to uh, jump in and check it out to check out the spectacle of the WWE and the biggest show of the year. WrestleMania 38 nights one and two, the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. We got the return of Stone Cold. We got to see Vince McMahon in his late 70s come out and wrestle a match. We got to see Johnny Knoxville pin his opponent, Sami Zayn, with a giant mouse trap. Trapped him in a mouse trap and then pinned him using it. Um, the return of Cody Rhodes to the WWE edge versus AJ Styles. I mean, just, just, just great. Just a great time. One of the greatest women's matches I've ever seen in my life was on Saturday night, Bianca Belair versus, uh, Sasha Banks or sorry, uh, uh, Bianca Belair versus, um, uh, Becky, Becky Lynch. Um, Sasha Banks was in the women's tag team match. And uh, was one half of the winning team with Naomi, new tag team champs. And it was Sasha Banks' very first WrestleMania win. So that was another historic thing. Just just a great, great show. Friday night, they did the Hall of Fame ceremony. The Undertaker was inducted. He did a fantastic speech. I mean, just three nights of great shit. Such good shit. But I'm not going to ramble too much here. I'm going to let you go. And, uh, you know, Lord willing, I'll be back very soon with another video for you to watch slash listen to. And, um, and I hope to see you then. Okay. So take real good care. Keep kicking ass. Love you lots. Lord willing, I'll be back very soon with another video for you to watch. Uh, bye-bye.